everybody. Welcome back to Working at the Wheel. I'm your host, Vicki Dombeck, and we're so excited to have you here on another podcast episode. Uh, today, it is going to be our second episode in our 101 series, and we're calling it Outreach and Evangelism 101. Uh, to tell you a little bit about ourselves um, here at Working at the Wheel, we are a podcast produced by student leaders from the Christian Campus Ministry Badger Crew. We are set in Madison, Wisconsin, but our goal is to be a resource to young adults across the world. Uh, we get our name from Jeremiah 18, where God is referenced as a potter, working at the wheel as if we are the clay. So today, um, and even in the past weeks, we've talked a lot about um, kind of going home and these upcoming breaks, uh, especially Christmas break that is right around the corner um, within our Home Alone series. But today we want to take a step back and really focus on outreach and evangelism as a whole. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so speaking of outreach, we've got some guests waiting to chime in here. So Two I'm especially excited about because they lead Badger Crew's outreach team. Uh, so please welcome Adam Degler and Katarina Testerman. How, how's it going, guys? Going pretty well. It's going well. I've also got my amazing podcast team co-host this week, Mrs. Lindsay Horton. <laughs> how's it going over there, Lindsay? Going great. Uh, awesome. So we're so excited to have everybody here, and I'm excited to get this discussion started. Um, so the question that I really just want to pose to get started is, does anyone have anything that they want to kick us off with about evangelism, uh, outreach, what you guys have been doing as a team recently, and how we can tie this into maybe the time where we're at right now heading into Christmas break? Sure. Um, thank you so much for having the outreach team on the podcast. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here, the world and on podcast. Um, <laughs> right away, something important to address is what we mean when we talk about evangelism. Evangelism is a very churchy word, um, but it's a very important one to the Christian faith. So if we just think about uh, a good definition for evangelism to start, it's really evangelism is just one of the many ways that we show love to, to other people, specifically to those non-believers who are involved in our lives. So specifically that love is shown through um, the sharing typically of the gospel message that can be directly through our words, um, it can be through our actions, it can be through prayer even. Um, there are a lot of different ways in which evangelism can work itself out. And so we'll be talking a little bit about how some of those ways can, can look in our lives and how we can apply them as we go through the semester as college students and how we can do that as we go home and see our friends and family and spend some time away from school. For sure, and I think that evangelism can definitely look a little bit different especially now in the world that we're living yeah. in, in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, so what, what kind of ways can evangelism and outreach really be seen now? I know you guys have been trying some different ways to, as the outreach team um, on campus, to really spread the truth and spread the good news, but do it in a safe and respectful manner. Yeah, well, we've definitely been making sure that we're following um, all of the COVID guidelines and restrictions. We really want to make sure that we put everyone's safety a priority for us because that is, I mean, one, it's just important in general, and two, it's a great way to show people how much we love them and how much we care mm -hmm. about them because mm -hmm. that's what evangelism is mm -hmm. at its core. Um, so we have tried to, tried to be, tried <laughs> to be really innovative in how we are spreading the gospel and reaching students on campus, um, and a lot of it has been online and it's been um, pretty interesting to try to figure out how to do that. Um, one thing that we have done is prayer, care, share. 
Um, so this it was more within the Badger Crew community um, where we asked the people who attend Crew on a regular basis or just anyone tuning into the weekly meeting um, to think of three people, three, I think it was five actually, um, people who they knew in their lives who didn't know the gospel and don't, mm -hmm. who don't know Jesus. Um, and we asked them to pray for them um, because prayer is really powerful and also um, can help us to find those opportunities to speak to them about the gospel. Um, and then the care and the share part come alongside the prayer. And as you're praying, you care for these people and show God's love through actions. And then in addition to that, you share. You actually share the gospel and explain to them what it's, the, what it's all about. Um, and hopefully they'll be interested in it and open to it. But if not, it's still really important that we pray for them and care for them. And also um, we are still planting seeds and mm -hmm. that is our goal. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's really helpful that we're talking about all these ways that we're trying to continue outreach and evangelism, even in this current climate where mm -hmm. um, it's a lot more difficult. I mean, I give you guys so much props for the innovation and the creativity um, that you guys are doing. I think that it a, a question in people's minds could be like, well, with COVID, like we're all kind of separated anyways. Like, why why go out and do it? Why mm -hmm. is it important to find these new ways? to do it and to continue reaching out to people? Yeah, such a good question. Um, the answer for, for why we should continue to outreach, even when it's it will look so much different than what we're comfortable with or what we expect, it mm -hmm. is just because it's, it's stated in the Bible very clearly for, for Christians to obey. Um, we see it in a couple places that we'll touch on a little bit later, I believe. Um, but this, this mandate is given straight from the Gospels to, to go out and make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. And that can happen literally going to other nations or, or it can happen with your neighbor next door. Mm -hmm. um, so through these methods and kind of uh, non-traditional ways, we're really encouraging members within Badger Crew um, to continue that, that commandment given by God um, to just as an expression of love that we have for other people um, and just really showing our faith through that uh, these new modes of evangelism yeah and there there are no exceptions it doesn't say go and make disciples of all nations unless we are in the middle of a pandemic mm -hmm. um, it can <laughs> definitely seem that way it seems yeah. like oh we can't really do anything mm -hmm. yeah. um, but a pandemic isn't going to stop God. Yeah. It's not going to stop him from working in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, and we shouldn't let a pandemic stop us from allowing him to work through us. And there's still so many people out there who don't know the gospel mm -hmm. and who need to be saved. And they could die tomorrow not mm -hmm. knowing Jesus. Yeah. Um, death is not going to wait until a pandemic is over. Absolutely. And in fact, is oftentimes accelerated by a pandemic because... <laughs> That's yeah. what a pandemic is. Unfortunately, there have been a lot of people who have passed away, um, which is kind of the extreme end of things. But yeah, it's just, it's really important that we reach these people no matter the circumstances. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important to think about too. And what Adam was saying is outreach can be going overseas. It can be to every, you know, um, tribe, tongue and nation, but it can also be to our neighbors. It mm -hmm. can also be to our family. It can also be to our friends. 
Um, it can be people that are in our lives right now. Um, and thinking about being in a pandemic, it's far more reasonable to reach those people that are directly in our lives like mm -hmm. that than to take a trip overseas. Um, while God still wants those trips to happen and he will provide in the ways that he wants to see them happen, taking advantage of the time that we're in right now and looking at this pandemic as, first of all, something that God is in control of. Absolutely. And then second of all, looking at it as an opportunity more so than a burden for outreach and evangelism. How can we take the people that we're closest with, our roommates that we're forced to quarantine with, yeah. our yeah. family that we'll be spending time with over break, how mm -hmm. can we bring our faith back to them um, and really focus on evangelism and outreach within our own personal lives and our own personal bubble that we hear all about in the pandemic? I really like how you bring up the word opportunity because I feel like not many people are going to think of a pandemic as an opportunity. Um, but in a way, it really is. Mm -hmm. Like we've been forced to try out new methods of evangelism and they have given a lot of experience and insight as to how to connect with people mm -hmm. um, and how to more effectively share the gospel, especially since even before the pandemic, our world is is online a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. um, so something else that we have done is a trick and treat um, event where we sent out a campus-wide email just saying, hey, we are Badger Crew. If you have any questions about Christianity, God, faith, text this number. We will answer your questions as best as we can and we will deliver you candy. Mm -hmm. So kind of like a reverse trick-or-treating and also, you know, not a lot of people got to have Halloween celebrations yeah. because of the pandemic. So just like a little interest. And I've noticed that we have gotten more responses than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a lot of people are way more comfortable texting anonymously mm -hmm. um, than talking to someone in person. Um, and there are also a lot of people who I've noticed have said like, oh, I am friends with a lot of believers, but I don't feel comfortable asking them about their faith. I don't want to offend them in any way. I don't want to be rude. Um, so I think it's really cool to see how this different um, method of evangelism is reaching people whom we may not have been able to reach otherwise, mm -hmm. or it would have taken longer. So I, I definitely think that, that a pandemic can be an opportunity Absolutely. as long as you are looking at it that way and are taking steps to actually do something. Mm -hmm. I think it's helpful when we look at this current world situation as an opportunity uh, to keep in mind, like Vicki said, who's in control of all of it. Mm -hmm. um, we know that God is sovereign and that he has power over all things and he could absolutely stop this in one moment. Like it could be here right now and gone the next moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if he's not doing that, there's a purpose for that, right? There, there's absolutely something um, that he's working. And so we want to we want to hop on that. We want to view it, like you said, as an opportunity um, and and seek God in it and ask what he might be using you for or, or what he might be um, doing through this, both in our own lives and in our own hearts, uprooting things. But then also, like you said, creating opportunities to reach people that we would not have reached um, before. Yeah, I think another thing, too, is to really step back and, like you said, look at the different ways that we can pursue outreach and evangelism mm -hmm. that starts within our own hearts and within our own spirit. Yeah. Um, one thing you brought up is like bringing that to God and asking God, what do you want from me? 
And I think that our prayer life especially can be really big right now mm -hmm. um, in the midst of a pandemic. And um, as outreach, kind of what you were talking about with Katarina, with your event that you were doing in terms of just think of the people that just really need prayer, mm -hmm. whether they want to bring it to you or not. I think it's pretty obvious that everybody needs prayer. And there's probably people in your life that you can think of right now that really need it, but are scared to ask. Mm -hmm. So what are things that we can do um, and, and that's something that we could ask God is what are things that we can do within our prayer life mm -hmm. to pursue this evangelism and outreach when getting together with someone for a cup of coffee or gathering in a large group and just, you know, talking about Jesus might be a little less feasible right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you even look at the weekly meetings that we've been trying to do this past year. It, they've been in small groups across campus yeah. and it's been really hard for people to feel engaged and feel within the community, um, but knowing, like you were saying, Lindsay, that God is so sovereign over everything yeah. um, and so powerful over everything, um, it's just, it, it provides a lot of hope in terms of all of us um, can be a vehicle for outreach for the Lord, um, no matter how that looks. And I think that's super important too, in the midst of a pandemic, to think about that it's not just the people that have this burning call on their hearts, it's mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that call to it can be a question of like, why don't I maybe feel this? Mm -hmm. Like, why isn't that burning inside my own heart? Um, why, why don't I want to go out and, and reach people? Uh, and I think that that is like comes and goes in seasons. People absolutely experience different things um, throughout their walk with the Lord. I think it can also come from a, a, a lack of fire for outreach and, and to talk to people can also come from um, just a, a lack of eternal mindset. Mm -hmm. Thinking through, like Katarina, you mentioned that um, unfortunately a lot of people are, are dying from this disease. Mm -hmm. uh, and so all the more reason to reach people, right? And so part of our mindset as Christians is a recognition of the grace that has been poured out for us. Mm -hmm. By Jesus's blood, it has literally freed us from our sins and purchased us eternity. And so that eternity that we have, that beautiful gift that we've been given by God should help us reflect as well on other people's eternities in, in, in our lives mm -hmm. around us, our friends, our family. Like if they don't know Jesus, unfortunately, the, the harsh reality is that they're going to spend eternity separated from him in hell. And so that should break our hearts. If we're, if we're truly grateful for what Jesus has done, that should make us uh, want to talk to people that should push us outside of our uncomfortability or awkwardness or um, yeah just different reasons why we might be holding back so I think Vicki like you said in spending time in our, our prayer life and reflecting on this part of that can just be the gospel Go, I mean mm -hmm. it should be going back to the gospel <laughs> yeah. and and recognizing and, and communing with God about what he has done um, and asking him to give you that desire and that outlook for the people around you as well. Yeah, it's so good. It's it's I've come to learn that it's it's equally important that as much as we need to preach the gospel to others, mm. we need to continually preach the gospel to ourselves. Amen. Yeah. Like only after you preach the gospel to yourself are you gonna want or be effective in preaching to other people. Mm -hmm. I'll share a little story. Yesterday, I was feeling really sorry for myself, like <laughs> moping around, and I like stopped and I was like, "Man, why am I sorry for myself?" Mm -hmm. Like, and it just like like 
five seconds to pray. I'm like, yeah, I don't work for myself. I work mm. for God. And Absolutely. work's not exactly the right word in that in that context, but mm. just like a realigning of what Christ did and, and what that bought me and yeah. what that should mean in my life. And just kind of the refocus was, was very important. Mm. Just even yesterday for me, that's just been a good reminder. Yeah. yeah, and I can even relate to that story too. I remember a huge part of my testimony is truly hearing and believing the gospel for the first time. I did that when I was being trained hmm. to share that yeah. with someone else. Yeah. Um, my freshman year, I went to an event that the outreach team actually planned um, called Fill the Feast. And it was really just an opportunity to train people in different ways that we can share the gospel, especially on campus. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought it was so funny to think that one of the first times that the gospel really clicked in my head mm. um, was when I was being trained to share it with someone else. And I think that's so good what you said about just um, needing to hear it and believe it ourselves mm. and um, to literally share it with ourselves on top of sharing it with other people. Yeah. Um, and even going back to what you were saying, Lindsay, I think it's really cool also to think about that opportunity of sharing it with people who might not have heard it before. Yeah. Cause there, yeah. there are so many more people out oh there God. than we think yeah. that have never heard. They don't know who Jesus is. You say the word Jesus and it literally means nothing to them. And I think that's something that we take for granted in our society just because, um, you know, being Christians is very much um, a baseline, I feel like, in our country. Um, everybody here, there's a, there's a very good chance that everybody here has at least heard the name Jesus. Mm -hmm. Whether they know who he is or, or what he stands for, or truly what it means and what the gospel has to offer, um, they've heard of Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, but to those people who haven't, there's got to be someone to share it with them. Yeah. And, and, and a verse I want to reference here is Romans 10, 14. <laughs> Um, that says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Mm -hmm. You know, God has given us um, so many different ways to reach people yeah. in today's life, whether it be through technology, whether it be in person. Um, and I think that's just another blessing that he's put in our lives to talk about him and to share about him and to share the truths that it is. Um, so especially to those people who may have never heard of Jesus before or yeah. are really close to, um, unfortunately, really close to that time where they could either end up either with Jesus or completely not with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's a situation that we really want to take for granted and really look at and um, take advantage of, especially uh, in terms of preaching the truth to them. I think, Vicki, it's also important, um, like, t looking at both of those extremes, like mm. people who have never heard the name of Jesus on one end, and on the other, people who grew up in, in church um, and have heard about Jesus and, um, like, gone to church on Sundays growing up, um, and still it doesn't click, um, or, or um, a lot of people think that they're, they're Christians, um, and they haven't truly given their lives over to mm -hmm. Jesus, um, and I think that that reminds me a lot of like going home for Christmas break. A lot Absolutely. of people um, come to college and come to truly understand, like you did, Vicky, who Jesus is and really what His sacrifice meant, mm -hmm. uh, and that and that created a huge change in your life and made you a new creation. That happens for so many people, 
and then we go back home for winter break, summer break, things like that. And we don't really know how to convey that mm -hmm. to our families, um, both who might already think that, that they're Christians um, or people who are completely disinterested. Um, so I think it would actually be helpful too to talk about what does it look like specifically to do outreach um, with our family and mm -hmm. our, our friends when we go back um, because high school friends, man, why is it somehow it's so much harder <laughs> yeah. to talk to people that are in our lives and that we're, we're close with. So, um, yeah, just, I guess, open it up. What, what can help with that? I think that it's really important to remember that this is done out of love. Like, we need to approach mm -hmm. this with that loving mindset. Um, so many misconceptions that people have and that I have actually had in the past is that mm -hmm evangelism is done out of hate. Mm. Mm. There are so many people who stand on, on corners of streets mm. with signs that say, if you're this or this or this, mm. you're going to hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that is not evangelism. Um, and I think that if people feel that love from us, if they don't feel any hate, if they don't feel any condemnation or judgment, mm. they're going to be much more open to hearing about it. Um, and also open to hearing something that you're passionate about. If, yeah. if you're just, if you're an open book when it comes to your faith, if you either are comfortable with being an open book or pushing yourself out of that comfort zone mm -hmm. and talking about your faith and what it means to you, like people are going to ask you questions. I know that's how mm -hmm. most of the conversations have started with my high school friends. Mm -hmm. um, just me saying an opinion that I have on a topic and they'll be like, why do you think that way? Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, Jesus, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> let I me mean, tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. Like that, is, Jesus is the short answer, but mm -hmm. there's, it always goes into a much longer and mm -hmm. deeper conversation, um, which is really cool to have. Just again, like planting those seeds, maybe they won't grow right away. Maybe they won't grow at all, but it's really cool to just have those conversations and to let people know that, like, hey, this is what I believe. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you as people in my life that I care about are opening, open to listening about this. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think, unfortunately, we've seen um, Christianity and the church and the man-made parts of the church mm. really hurt some people, um, you know, especially in the ways that you were talking about where evangelism is preached out of hate. Um, and I think uh, an important notion to do that is the church is man-made. Everything mm -hmm. that is man-made is broken. Um, Especially man himself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So really taking as much love, as much grace as possible from the power that the Holy Spirit gives us and pouring that into these conversations, I think is so important. Um, and especially approaching it with a mindset of whether this person fully surrenders their life to Christ or fully kicks me out of their life. Mm. I am doing the work for the Lord. Yeah. And it Amen. is absolutely worth it. Yeah. I have to plug a book in this regard <laughs> related to this topic. It's called Questioning Evangelism hmm. um, by Randy Newman, I believe. Yeah, it's it's a very good book about evangelism, specifically this kind of relational evangelism yeah. with longtime friends or family. Hmm. Um, and kind of the short version is people need to connect emotionally with the gospel and not logically. Mm. These days, most people, at least my friends, they don't, it doesn't phase them if they have contradictory beliefs. Mm. They're not interested in what they believe. They're just 
looking to be entertained. Huh. And so the gospel is not here to entertain. So they wouldn't be interested in it. Mm-hmm. And so when we try to do evangelism to friends and family, one of the, the hardest parts, but I think most effective, is learning to ask the right questions to Absolutely, them. Yeah. Is a sense that the gospel can never be explained to somebody. You can you can read it to them, you can share it, but it's almost you have to ask the right question so mm-hmm. they can find it on their own mm-hmm. through the help of the Holy Spirit. And the book is just really helpful in kind of laying that process out. So if anybody's interested in, in reading that, I found it to be be really helpful. Yeah, I think the the great way to kind of wrap up this conversation and, and another really important thing that we haven't really brought up yet, surprisingly, um, is the Great Commission. Mm. And what the Great Commission is and the truth behind it and how it is a call to action for us when it comes to evangelism and outreach. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll open it up once again, just in terms of defining the Great Commission, sharing what it is, sharing its truth, and also sharing what the call to action can be um, from God uh, within the Bible. Yeah, I think um, just to kind of define what Christians mean when they say Great Commission, it's a reference to um, Jesus's words to his disciples in Matthew uh, 28, 18 through 20, and it says, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you until the ends of the earth. And so it's a reference to Jesus's command to his his children, his um, disciples, these people that have been following him to go and make disciples and not, not just go and preach the gospel, but to actually make disciples. And what does that mean? Um, to, to build people up, invite them to come along with you and to continue that relationship of, of following up with people. Um, but yeah, I think that is kind of at the heart of evangelism. That's what, I mean, probably almost any Christian <laughs> will go back to when we talk about evangelism yeah. is the Great Commission. Um, and exactly like Adam said at the beginning of this podcast episode is that it's a it's a command Mm -hmm. it is a command from jesus himself our savior um, who like vicky said is worth everything in our lives Um, and so part of uh, obedience is a a humble following Mm -hmm. and and submission to to god who knows far greater than we do and um and that we can actually do this out of love and gratitude uh, when we recognize what has been given for us and that like we've been talking about this whole time, that it's actually something that we want to do or we should want to do mm-hmm. um, when we recognize uh, truly what Jesus did for us and how God has loved us. I think to think about too, there is not a Christian that you will meet that will say the gospel hasn't changed their life. Like the gospel promises renewal, rebirth, and just so much positive joy filled change in their life so who are we to feel that and not want to share it with people you know i it just blows my mind to think that that's a part of my life why do i not want to share it with people why do i not want people to feel the exact same way to feel this joy to feel the absolute presence of god and the holy spirit within my life Mm -hmm. um you know sometimes it's even hard for me to fathom like because we we do still struggle right we still do still have suffering in our lives but having god there through it all too has been great um so just thinking about (laughs) 
So just thinking about the mental health even too of our nation right now, um, being kind of cooped up in our houses and um, everything like that, thinking about God being a way to renew that for them um, is such a cool idea and such a way that we can we can provide um, even in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, Vicki, I think um, what you said, that question that you asked yourself in there is probably one of the most important things that we could touch on is why do I not want to share this? Mm-hmm. Um, it can be really easy to see something in our life that we know is sin um, and not actually, and, and we can get at that fruit, but not actually get down to the root of something. So we can say like, oh man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have this like idea of not wanting to, or like, I shouldn't care uh, what people think about me. And so I'm just not going to, and then pushing past that. But I think it's really, really important to ask that question of why, Mm -hmm. why am I so afraid of what people think of me? Why do I care so much about how this might turn out? Mm -hmm. Or like, why am I so scared? Why does fear have a hold over me in having these conversations? Or why am I afraid of not having the words? and that, that question of why can go layers and layers and layers deep. Um, and ultimately, it ends up being a lie that we're believing about ourselves or about God who mm-hmm. has created us. Um, and that's exactly what the enemy wants, is to hold us back from those things. Um, so I think it's really, really, really key to ask that question of why. Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling this way? Or why might I not want to do it? And really spending time and wrestling with the Lord over that. And that, man, that's got to produce good things. If we're humble and we come before the Lord open-handed and we say, Lord, we want this. Would you help us sort these things out? He's going to answer that prayer. Absolutely. Amen. I also think, too, asking why to ourselves is going to prepare us when the person we're sharing with asks why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it goes back to, once again, what Adam said is preaching the gospel to ourselves so that we can be prepared to preach the gospel to others. Um, and really asking ourselves those tough questions are going to help us feel the Holy Spirit and truly believe what we're saying when other people are asking those questions of us. I think if there's anything left um, for me, I guess, on my heart to add would be rely on the Lord. Mm-hmm. When you're in these conversations, the worst thing that you can do is just try to like reason through things or um, think about stuff and not actually just say, God, what might you want to speak to this person? Or, Lord, how might you specifically want to speak into their life uh, and show them who you are truly? How can I do that, Lord? Because if we're not depending on him, if we're not leaning on the Holy Spirit, it's all in vain. That's so true. And we, like, God is using us as instruments to further his kingdom. And he is going to help us. Mm -hmm. He doesn't expect us to do it on our own because we are broken and we're not going to know what to say Mm -hmm. by ourselves so we really need to focus on relying on the holy spirit relying Mm -hmm. on the lord and relying on the fact that he will provide the words that we need and he will help us and he he won't just leave us in the dust Mm -hmm. awesome so i think everything that we've said today has been awesome and super life-giving and i'm i'm even really excited to take what I've heard you all say and put it into my own life and in my own experience, traveling home soon for the holidays. Um, and the next thing that we usually do here at Working at the Wheel is we have a actual reference minute where Adam kind of beat me to the point here, <laughs> plugging his own a little bit early as they usually do. Perfect. But um, just a minute that we can just open up and have 
people plug references, um, other podcasts, books, preachers, churches, anything that has really helped you in your endeavor of um, evangelism and that could really provide some more truths to people that are looking to learn more about this. Definitely questioning evangelism <laughs> by Randy Newman. Fantastic book. He also has um, like an hour-long lecture at the C.S. Lewis Institute, which kind of covers the same thing. So if books aren't your thing, you can listen to that instead. It's free online. You can just um, look it up. You should find it. I mean, the Bible. <laughs> I mean, it's all through and through from the like Genesis to Revelation, God's heart for people and for them to know him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think read that. You're, you're set there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing that has been helpful is a book called The Explicit Gospel by Matt Chandler. That is more one that um, could be uh, gifted to someone. Uh, I mean, absolutely, we can all read it um, for sure. It really just lays out the gospel message. Um, but I think it's a, a great one to give to people who might be asking more or, or want to learn more. Um, and it lays everything out there. Stocking stuffers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give people books for Christmas. Also, just doing evangelism with somebody who might be more mature or experienced in it than yes. you can be a, a great um, tool. So don't feel bad to, to ask somebody who might be your discipler to, mm-hmm. to um, share that experience initially just to help you because they are a resource um, and you should uh, make every attempt to use, use those. Yeah, I know. When I first started reaching out, um, I went on a mission trip to New York. It was an outreach mission trip. I had never done any evangelism before, and obviously it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea to just like jump right in. And I also wouldn't recommend traveling in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) However, um, that method was really good for me to just be surrounded by people um, who some knew what they were doing, some didn't. Yeah, but it, it got me out of my comfort zone um, and put me in a place where I was able to ask those questions about evangelism and to learn about evangelism. So really similar to what Adam was saying about finding someone who is more experienced um, in doing evangelism and what evangelism is all about. Just finding someone who can guide you, whether that be a friend, a family member, or just hopping on a plane and going to New York, having <laughs> no idea what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, that was a great trip. I was on it with Katarina. We were, uh, we were both freshmen at the time. That's so how we first met. <laughs> it, was, it was a wild ride, but it was one for the Lord. So at the end of the day, it was all worth it. Amen. Yeah, and two, I, the last thing that I kind of want to plug, um, obviously it's kind of my job to do this, but previous podcast episodes that we've had, um, that would be cool to listen to if you haven't already. Um, in episode two, we talked a lot about friendships just in general, um, new friendships and old friendships in terms of talking to them and maybe sharing your faith. Um, and then also in episode three, it was specifically about ministering to our friends. Um, and that was the one with our two wonderful uh, Badger athletes on there that were talking even about ministering to teammates. Um, so if you haven't checked those two out already, please, please check those out. Um, and then second of all, our next episode actually next week is going to be talking about ministering at home directly um, and what it will look like when we're home for the holidays. Um, Celebrating Christmas, New Year's with our families, um, probably a pretty tight knit group, especially with the pandemic going on and lots of traveling home. So 
Be sure to tune in again next week to hear more about ministering at home and what that specifically can look like um, with COVID-19 still at large. Uh, but other than that, I think that's it for us today here at Working at the Wheel. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again this week, and we can't wait to hopefully see you soon. Um, but otherwise, get those finals. Get them. <laughs> got it. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. See you. Bye.